Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the first ever episode of the Anything and Everything show. I am your host Ali Sadiq. First I would like to talk about the fact why I started a podcast. The reason is pretty simple. We are stuck in extraordinary circumstances. We are left with nothing to do. Each day seems longer than the previous. And the consequence of that is pretty simple. It's boredom. And I thought instead of being stuck with boredom each and every day of my life, I should start a podcast which talks about issues that don't necessarily get talked about in the world and don't get enough attention in the world. Attention that the issues deserve. I am a 19-year-old guy who lives in Srinagar in Jammu and Kashmir and I am a pass out from Delhi Public School Srinagar I have an avid passion for debates and I have participated in a lot of model united nations and I also thought that this would be a great way of pursuing my passion of public speaking but there's also the fact that this is the only way that I can pursue my passion of public speaking in these circumstances So what are we going to talk about today we are going to talk about yeager muslims and there's something i would want to get clear right off the bat it's yeager muslims i have heard many people say uyghur muslims and they wouldn't be wrong per se but this is just the politically correct way of pronouncing it so who are yeager muslims yeager muslims are an ethnic group that lives in the xinjiang province of china the xinjiang province is present in northwestern china and what is happening with them they are being systematically surveilled and imprisoned in an attempt to essentially wipe their culture off the map a united nations panel even said that the region where eager muslims live essentially resembles a prison camp in which 1 million plus muslim minorities are kept now why do i say muslim minorities and not eager muslims it is because even other minorities like the kazakh muslims are kept in these camps china has tried very hard to keep this story under wraps but they are getting harder to ignore as new and new details are surfacing now in the past few weeks new details have surfaced which show that not only are these eager muslims kept in these camps against their will they are even made to work against their will details show that eager muslims are shipped to factories to work and produce products like face masks and other products as well these products hit closer to home because companies like nike and volkswagen have also been found to be involved in using eager muslim labor it is also being said that the imprisonment of eager muslims is the largest imprisonment on basis of religion since the holocaust yes since the holocaust my dear friends and whenever we talk about the holocaust it always brings back harrowing memories in the holocaust the jews were murdered they were outright gassed in places like auschwitz and they were usually made to work to the bone and because of this they died due to exhaustion 
No human being on planet Earth deserves to be treated the way the Jews were treated back in the Holocaust and how the eager Muslims are being treated today. So I mentioned products. Now this essentially means that the face masks that humanity is using to protect them against the coronavirus are being produced by eager workers who are forced to work in the factories that produce these products. Now according to a report from New York Times, they have traced the shipments from the alleged factories that use these eager Muslim labor to places like Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco in the United States and other countries across the world. I mentioned earlier that approximately 11 million eager Muslims live in the Xinjiang province. Alongside that, the Xinjiang province is a resource-rich and strategically important part of China. But apart from this, the eager Muslims who live in the Xinjiang province has always had an uncomfortable relationship with the authorities in Beijing, and there are several reasons for this. The eager Muslims have their own language and they are culturally very distinct with the other people in China who are called the Han people of China. Han people of China approximately make up 90% of China and these people have very bigoted views when they talk about the eager muslims from one interview back in 2008 a woman was asked what she thinks about the eager muslims who live in china and she said i quote that the eager muslims who live here are very bad they are just robbers and thieves unquote this shows the attitude of the han people of china towards the eager muslims Now another problem is that the eager muslims are living in a country which is aggressively secular. Why do I use the term aggressively secular? Let me make you understand through an example. Back in 2006, Chinese media had gone to Abu Dhabi in the Middle East to cover a event. After covering the event when they got back to China to broadcast it on Chinese television, instead of showing that footage how it is, they chose to use anime hair and emojis like cactuses smiley faces and grass to cover the women who were wearing hijabs because they did not want to portray hijabs on television citing the secularity as an excuse now the problem with this is that while secularism is not a bad thing uh, on the other hand it's a very good thing but a country cannot force secularism on their people a country can preach secularism a country can uphold secularism but when it comes to people's personal choices they should not be compromised under the veil of secularism this is also a proponent of the animosity that the eager muslims have with china Another issue is that Han people were encouraged to migrate to Xinjiang in early 2000s and then they would get favored for top jobs instead of eager Muslims. All of this culminated in riots in China in 2009 in which approximately 200 people died most of which were the Han people of China and instead of getting to the bottom of this complex issue and attempting to resolve this issue China portrayed those riots as religious terrorism and citing this so-called religious terrorism as an excuse they started what they called the strike hard campaign 
in this campaign they surveilled the eager people and they made the eager people's lives hell they surveilled them by keeping cameras at every nook and cranny in the region where the eager people lived and what this led to was a system in which black flags are raised when any suspicious activity is noted and what is this suspicious activity you may ask this suspicious activity can range from something like people who were drinking and they stopped drinking uh, suddenly uh, if a neighbor spend too much time with his other neighbors if a neighbor fills the tank of somebody else's car to reasons like growing a beard having a passport or applying for a passport and fasting so basically china imprisoned all these uyghur muslims when they didn't even commit any crimes and this time they didn't put them in the camps which look like prisons they put them in real prisons and the camps that look like prisons to us china calls them vocational training camps so these people got put into prison which didn't even pretend to be anything else and they made their life hell activities like accumulating a large amount of food were also considered suspicious activities and people got black flagged in approximately a month 24000 people got black flagged in the Xinjiang province out of which 15000 people were sent to these camps when china got grilled about putting these people in the camps they cited reasons like they were preventing crimes even before they happened so what they were basically saying that if a person is about to commit a murder these surveillance techniques stops that person from committing a murder and hence it's a positive thing not a negative one but what is the problem here my dear friends the problem here is that they are completely disregarding human free will because no matter how much somebody expects you to be a certain way you still have your own free will no matter how much you think somebody is capable of committing a murder that person can change their mind as they are pulling the trigger even before they pull that trigger so it completely disregarded the people's free will but china still portrayed this as a positive step instead of a negative one and this whole concept of preventing crimes before they occur is a plot that is similar to the plot of a very famous movie i don't know how many of you have watched that movie it stars tom cruise and its name is minority report it's a fairly old movie and the plot of that movie is very similar to this tom cruise's mission in this movie as a cop is to be part of an organization that stops people from committing crimes even before they have thought about committing those crimes the issue is that a plot that is used for a movie can't actually be applied in real life to people i know this sounds like something obvious but if it was that obvious it would have not been happening right now in 2011 a woman was interviewed who was a eager muslim woman she was asked about the treatment of people in that camp and she said i quote we were allowed to go to the bathroom for a period of 2 minutes and everybody used to be shouting at us to come out of the bathroom quickly if we would be later than 2 minutes we would get shocked in the head unquote she also described this process as being extremely painful but despite of the fact that it was extremely painful and inhuman all they could say in reaction was thank you sir and we won't be late again sir 
When China was grilled because of this interview, they talked about economic opportunity and they said, I quote, that we are assimilating a part of the population that has been historically ostracized, unquote. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the problem with saying that we are assimilating a part of the population that was historically ostracized is you can't forcefully assimilate any part of the population because forceful assimilation is nothing but cultural erasure and that is what China is planning to do. There is another example through which this issue becomes even more blatant and clear. China bans the children of Uyghur people to go to mosque. They ban names that are in quotes too Islamic and they ban people from keeping beards, they ban them from fasting and they ban them from anything that can move their culture or tradition forward. So basically what they are doing is preventing Uyghur people to pass on their culture to the next generation. When the children of Uyghur people are banned from going to mosques or having names that are Islamic or doing anything that is related to their culture, automatically when that generation grows up, they will be in air quotes more assimilated with the rest of the Chinese population. Another example of this cultural erasure is the destruction of cemeteries. Yes, you heard me right. China is also destroying historic cemeteries of Uyghur people. One such example is where China destroyed the cemetery of a famous Uyghur poet, Lutpula Mutilip. When his cemetery was destroyed, it was converted into a park with man-made lakes, fake pandas and grass and colourful flowers all around. Earlier, I talked about the woman who gave an interview back in 2011. And in that interview, that woman also said that after two years of making her stay away from home against her will and making her work in a factory, she was sent back home. And there was this video clip of hers in which she goes back home and she meets meets her three-year-old daughter, which means that when she was separated from her daughter, her daughter was only one year old. And that video goes on to show the mother breaking down in front of her daughter breaking down in tears and her daughter wiping away those tears asking her mother to stop crying and asking her mother I quote not to show tears because her tears are precious that is what her daughter said and that video makes your heart cry it makes your heart miserable and even if we put aside the fact that this is happening with eager Muslim people and we just think about it from a humanistic perspective we can see how horrified these people are even after being reunited with their families. But this is the story of just one woman. There are 80,000 other eager families who have been separated because some of their family members have been shipped to factories to work against their will. When the Volkswagen CEO was questioned about this, not only did he deny the knowledge of eager Muslims working in his factories, he even did not acknowledge their existence. Although here we can say that he, as the CEO of a multi-billion dollar corporation, didn't want any negative press and he wanted to distance himself from all of this, the point is, my dear friends, that his behavior was ignorant. And it's ignorant behavior that leads issues to become larger and larger every day and become more and more difficult to solve each and every day. So what I'm trying to say over here is that alongside looking for solutions to this problem, we can also first of all make people aware about this problem, make them understand the nature of this issue and how serious this issue actually is. Once we do that, then can we move on to the solutions. Now when China was confronted again 
regarding Uyghur Muslims, they resorted to a technique called whataboutism. They talked about the Black Lives Matter movement and talked about the native Indian population of America. They talked about how America has been discriminating against its black population for centuries and how they wiped out the native Indian population that was living in America. And while these two are also very big issues and very serious points, fair points, we cannot say that just because America mistreats their blacks and wiped out native Indian population that the eager Muslims have no problem. Two wrongs don't make a right. But that is what China decided to paint it as. Even leaders like Donald Trump were quoted criticizing the Chinese handling of the Uyghur Muslims. But then a report came out in which Donald Trump was quoted as saying that these people deserve to be treated like this and these people have been treated fairly by China. Not only this, when Mohammed bin Salman visited China, even he praised the efforts of the Chinese government and Xi Jinping for the so-called rehabilitation of the Uyghur Muslims. And Mohammed bin Salman is one of the biggest representatives of Muslims in the whole world. When he can make a statement like that, we should truly believe that eager Muslims have nobody but us to make people aware about their issues and maybe find a solution. Now talking about solutions, there are several things that can be done. First, United Nations could hire independent investigators to look into this matter. And once they look into this matter and submit their report to the United Nations, multilateral cooperation can be sought to help solve this issue. Big multinational corporations like the ones I mentioned earlier like Nike and Volkswagen can also use their financial leverage to help the eager Muslim people in China. They can use their financial leverage by uh, threatening to shut down their factories that are present in China and maybe that will make China take notice and do something for the eager Muslim population. But apart from all this, as I have said repeatedly until now, nothing will happen with the eager Muslim population until and unless we as global citizens, we as responsible citizens take notice, make ourselves aware, try and make other people aware of this issue and raise this issue among the masses. When we start actively participating in the justice for eager Muslims, then only the world will be able to take notice and maybe the eager Muslim population of China will get the same attention as Hong Kong did. I do realize, my dear friends, that this podcast is very dreary and depressing, but this issue needed to be talked about. This issue needed to be spread among the masses and this issue needs to be solved. And with this, we come to the end of my first episode. I have many more episodes like this planned, each episode coming with a different theme. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and you will join me next time as well. Take care, be happy and try not to be bored. I am your host Ali Sadiq signing off.